Welcome to Design by Us, the show where we discuss how humans design the world. And we are back again, Ravi. Back again after some time. How are you doing? I'm really good, man. It's been a it's been a nice, relaxed weekend. And of course, uh, we're here to uh, edit a show. Um, sorry, uh, record a show. Uh, so yeah, it could be, could be worse. What about yourself? Overall, good. Overall, good. We got a new... A new intro on the show in there. We got a new a new sound. Show is growing. It's dramatic. Exciting, huh? It is dramatic. It is very, very dramatic. I think it gets I people know. into the right headspace, which is like, get ready for something big. What, what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about product, marketing, and design, and how those three things relate. Uh, and we're going to be talking um, about and analyzing three different products that uh, we're both quite familiar with. These are software products. They're all productivity to-do apps. Uh, and those are OmniFocus, uh, Google Tasks, I believe it's called, and Things 3. Um, so we're going to really deep dive into each of these things. We're going to understand a little bit about what makes them tick as products, uh, how they're marketed, how they're positioned, and finally, how they're designed as well. Uh, and hopefully through that comparison, we're going to maybe um, find some likes and dislikes about all of those things and see if we can find any patterns. Yeah. I think it's quite interesting that you say how they're designed, but until some extent, products and marketing... Like th- these three things are so intertwined that when you say how they are designed, product and marketing are impacted by that as well. So 100%. it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting uh, dive in. So how do we start? Do we want to start with OmniFocus then? And Just for context, you have been using OmniFocus for what three or four years? Uh, I just started off. using it like a couple of months ago. On and off. On and off for the last six years. So tell me more, why on and off? So, I mean, basically this kind of started with, um, I will gloss over here. If you want to read the full details of this, I'm actually going to put a blog post up, which is kind of covering some of this stuff with regards to my history um, and with okay. productivity apps. I know it's a, I know it's a thrilling read, but uh, if you do want to get into the detail, there'll be a link in, in the show notes. But essentially when I first started working, it was at IBM and I was 17 years old. I, I was okay. so young I couldn't even go out for a drink with my colleagues. That's that's how that's how long ago it was. Um, but basically, I got a lot of advice, all of it good. But one piece was really really important to me, and that was the advice to kind of bring a notebook to meetings and write in it. So that way you don't forget stuff, you can remember actions, that kind of thing. And you know, you know me, I'm a nerd. I like computers, so I was like, well, you know, there could be a digital version of this, and that's how I started getting into into OmniFocus and using that as a to do list manager at that time there definitely was some some digital tools for that so why someone from ibm would recommend bring a notebook it's just corporate environment just bring a notebook to a meeting it shows everyone that you're writing stuff down that you're diligent you're taking you know this that, and the other and actually it's quite funny because when i switched on the focus and then suddenly someone's talking to you and they're like oh i'd like you to do this this and this or you know let's do this this and, this. and then you just whip your phone out mid-conversation you do get a couple of weird looks you're like oh i'm just making a note of what you're saying don't worry <laughs> just like so I, th- I think it's i think it's an optics thing yeah. you kind of want to be seen to be you know you know hanging on every word and that kind of stuff to be honest, to a certain extent, a pen and paper is also a competition to all of these productivity and yeah. apps, right? And, and arguably better as well, in, in a lot of different ways. Maybe we'll chuck that in as our fourth one, pen and paper. Yeah. Okay, cool. So so tell me more. So you go on and off. Why Why was that? I You didn't actually go into that. Oh, yeah, because I switched between OmniFocus and those of the other different apps that are out there. So I've used Todoist. I've used Things. Uh, I've used Wonderlist. Obviously, I've used OmniFocus. I've used Apple Reminders. And basically every time I get a little bit frustrated with like the productivity in my life, I just end up bouncing between a different one. 
So that's why it's been on and off uh, for the last six years. But do you feel there is a massive switching cost in there? Well, not massive, but at least it takes me like three or four days to get used to the new app and switch yeah, but, all my tasks. But the switching cost is the benefit. So like, you know, you have to go through everything that you've set up before, the projects, this, that, and the other, and you're making some really intentional choices about, right, is that task ever going to get done or do I just bin it off? Because that's like mental overhead you don't need when I'm, when I'm typing it mm -hmm. all out. And actually, there's apps and like services and stuff like that which will automatically, you know, take your OmniFocus tasks and we'll talk about what actually OmniFocus actually is in a sec, but take your OmniFocus stuff and put it into a different system and vice versa, blah, blah, blah. But I ignore all of that and I just really like to have like, I'm literally going to rewrite each task that I've still got outstanding and it just makes you really intentional about whether you still want to do those new stuff that comes into your head new ideas new projects that kind of thing so for me I really really like that part actually of switching I think it's actually quite a good thing to to switch from system to yeah. system all the time well not all the time but from time to time no for me it's completely the contrary I, I hate doing that and I guess maybe that's why I've been st sticking with some with the google tasks or started OmniFocus now again but yeah Nice. Yeah, no, no. For All me, right. it's, it's, it's a matter of sticking. Um, nice. I think I think it, before we get into the apps, I think it might be worth just saying like there are some like universal principles that apply to all of these apps. Would you say like yeah. universal benefits? And and for me, one of those is the idea that you're not like say for example, I have a busy day at work or you have a busy day at work, or whatever. Right? You have to remember all those things that you've got to do. Oh, you know, someone said that. Oh, that here's an idea I've got. Blah blah blah. Like the the, the main benefit of these apps is like you are able to get that out of your head onto a system somewhere, even even onto a piece of paper or whatever, and then you can focus on the thing that you need to do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you, you're, 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 you're using your brain power to, to focus on actually doing the stuff rather than remembering to do the stuff. You know, there's a line in, in my blog where I said something like, if you were a computer, you're taking stuff out of RAM and you're committing it to memory, to your hard drive, so that way your RAM can focus mm -hmm. on, you know, the, the, present, the present. Yeah, yeah. I actually... Let's, let's actually think about this from a, let's say we're building a productivity app or, or a to-do app. Mm -hmm. like what is the actual core job to be done of the user? Interesting. As, as in the, the job the user has to do? Or what they're trying to, yeah, good question. Yeah, good question. I think I think um, it's a couple of different things, right? Like ultimately, I mean, what did you say? You said to me that ultimately all, all product needs are driven by procreation, right? Uh, as the fundamental need. <laughs> So if you keep asking why enough times, then you probably one will get to procreation. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Survival so, of the genes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So maybe that's the ultimate aim, but kind of like a, a level above that, I guess, is like, for me, and this is the point I'm making in the, in the blog post, when I, and we'll talk more about it when, when we talk about things, but like, I think it's like you turn to one of these apps because you're thinking, bloody hell, I've got so much stuff on right now and I need to get way more efficient in managing all of it. And we're that that's what that's what these apps do. They help you be effective in managing quite a large task load, whether that be in your work life, in your personal life, a bit of both, uh, whatever else it might be. And I think that's where these things come in. It's just helping you get through a lot of stuff quicker. I, I have think? in 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 my notes here. My notes here have some. I, I thought about this and like what what does a good to do app need to do, and like what is the actual mm -hmm. pain point that is trying to solve for the user. And I think I have two things. Uh, the, the, no, the key thing that the user wants to figure out is group tasks by whatever mental model they want to use. Group tasks and just put them somewhere. That's how, how I think, that's a core job. It's interesting. 
it's interesting. I mean, we'll talk about grouping then. I mean, like um, as as like a as like a topic of conversation then between between each of the products because I think certainly things in OmniFocus and, and probably Google Tasks all have different philosophies underlying it um, and stuff like that. But how about how about we get into it? How about we talk about what OmniFocus is and that kind of stuff? Wait, wait, wait. Because I think I think there is a there is a oh go for it. There is a core thing that that like there is a criteria that they all need for them to be successful. So then. then after that, the, the, the actual pain point that, that is trying to solve after is prioritization. It's like, how yeah. can we yeah, I agree. tell the user what they need to do at the right time? I but agree. They, what they actually agree. need, yeah, exactly. But what they actually need, like these three apps, I think it's, it's three things pretty much. Uh, not these three apps, but generally apps, uh, productivity apps. They need to be versatile. So we all work with different mental models. We all, we all work differently. And these apps need to be able to adapt to the way we work. I'm going to challenge you on that. I, I don't actually think they need to. And the, and the reason why I say that is because there, there are so many productivity apps that are out there. There is going to be one that fits your mental model, if that makes sense. I prefer my apps, like things like this, to have actually quite an intentional philosophy behind them. And it's just like a question of whether you fit with that or not. If I'm being honest, because there's because because the market is so huge. I mean, you search. I was looking yeah. in. Um, I was searching. I was searching the app store to see if um, either OmniFocus or things were, were doing ads. And you just search to do app, and there's like a billion, right? But look, look at this. Look at this. So there, there I have a criteria of three things. So I have versatility. Right, I have modularity, yeah. which is mm-hmm. modularity is basically is the actual looks of it is being able to organize your desktop based on how you mm-hmm. think that works for you or like your mental mm-hmm. model. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one is connectivity with other tubes, tools and apps that we use in our daily daily lives. So like are, these, are these are these your requirements? Would you say, or would you say? So this is what I think. This is what I think a good productivity app will need to scale. And my prediction, my prediction here is the only one that I could find that fits this criteria. And I think that company is gonna kill all of them. Is Notion. Is Notion, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, well, maybe we can cover that off at the end. Uh, yeah, okay. No, but I, I, let, let, let's go into these ones and let's, let's, let's try to figure out. I, I'm probably going to go keep going back and see how they score towards this criteria that I have made here. All right, okay, All right? nice. Well, I'll tell you what, cool. let, let's start with OmniFocus the then. So OmniFocus the is, cool. is the, the, at least the way that I look at it, it's the daddy of GTD, right? So this kind of approach of of not having to remember stuff, writing it down, prioritizing it, that kind of stuff is called Getting Things Done, which is based on a book by a bloke called David Allen. Don't read the book, it's the most boring thing on earth. Just watch a YouTube video or something. Honestly, it's a horrible book. But he published that in 2001, so this was like pre-iPhone times. So he was talking a lot about like paper and pens and flashcards and things like that. So, you know, this yeah. is before the software was there to support it. Anyway, uh, OmniFocus is kind of, at least the way I see it, is the daddy of, of these. It's developed by a company called uh, Omni Group, And basically, mm. this group has got its roots back in the next days. Um, so like the 90s, uh, developing for what would become the Apple platform. It's, it's an application that's available on your Mac, on your iPad, uh, on your iPhone, on your Apple Watch. And now they've got a, a limited kind of web portal, uh, web, web app as well. Basically, long story short, the way that I think about OmniFocus, and, and I'd be really kind of keen to kind of ask you how you felt kind of coming into it as a new user, but the, basically the way it is, OmniFocus is basically a huge database of your to-dos. Um, and if you imagine it like a giant spread, spreadsheet, each to-do is a new line, 
and each to-do has got different kind of metadata that's um, kind of written to it. Uh, the project that it's in, the deferred date that it's got, whether it's available or remaining, and things like notes uh, and that kind of stuff. And basically, long story short, as a user, uh, you are able to view that database in different ways. So like in your inbox, you're able to view these to-do items that haven't yet been categorized. And in your forecast view, you're able to view to-do items based on the day that they've been deferred to, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does. I don't think there is anything properly new or like anything that, wow, ma that makes OmniFocus so much better. Uh, I, I think it does it does the job. That's okay. it. What, what was it like as a new um, user coming to it? Go on, tell me. Okay, so I, I'm going in and I think like, oh, this is awesome. This is what I, what I also mean about modularity because I really like having the, the inbox part and you can also create views. So that's what I really like when it comes to like, it. Tell organizes. me how and why you use the inbox. Like, how does that work for you? As a, as a user? I think it, it, it drives part of this uh, human behavior of completing things and like getting to zero or like getting to inbox zero, for example. What you do is you just set a date to all to the tasks that you need to do and you wake up. If you are pre-organized and let's say you, you, you are on Friday and you prepare your week for the next, the next work week and then you set the tasks that you need to do for each day. Of course, new, new tasks will come in, but you just have to put them in. But ideally, you wake up on Monday and you don't have to see, okay, what am I going to do today? Everything is already there in your inbox. That's interesting. So that's how, whoa, okay, so you use this. Okay, right, okay. All right, hold on. Let's back this up yeah. a little bit. You've short-circuited short my brain here a little bit. So essentially, the the inbox is like the default place where to-dos go, right? So if you don't put set a category or a, or a project or a tag or whatever, they go straight into your inbox. What happens to tasks for you when they go into your inbox? Like, what do you do with them? then you can put a date or you can like classify it, put it whatever you want. Yeah, okay. And then they disappear from your inbox, right? Because you, you've stored it somewhere else at that point. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And then you just have to go to today or the weekly schedule or something like that. Yeah. Okay, very cool. All right. So then another key feature of OmniFocus is projects. Do you use projects? I didn't use projects because I feel projects is a matter of putting things into boxes. And at the end of the day, like... Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you never really go back to the projects. Yeah, you still need to do them. So I think there there is a something that I would really like to see, and this is something that I, I don't know if OmniFocus or any other app will work on it in the future. I know we have talked about it for a while. Mm -hmm. I want to see the investment I have put into X project, and my the investment that would be time. So I would really like to see time allocation productivity apps instead of just like I don't know a really good and well integrated productivity app that allows me to mix my calendar with to-dos and basically it allows me to invest. I can see and I can see metrics of, okay, I'm investing X amount of time in these tasks and this is a return on investment, let's call it like that. And that's that's why it kind of pisses me off to use okay, there's uh, a, there's projects. A, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. So it's the way that I look at OmniFocus is that someone has given you um, a Lamborghini Aventador SVJ and you're using it to go to the shop and, and bag. Like there is, there is so much power available in OmniFocus for you. Can you educate me? Why, why is there so much power compared to Huge any other productivity apps? Oh my so, God, all right, so stop me, right? <laughs> let, let's break this down, let's break this down. So we're, we're talking, sure. let's talk about the product first, product and design. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. definitely, so definitely. Well, look. What makes it powerful? <sighs> right, okay. So basically, the way that you're currently using it is that you put stuff into your inbox, you give it a deferred date, and then you come, and then it shows up in your today view at the right time, pretty much, like on like. So if you defer something to Tuesday, it will show up on Tuesday, right? Okay, 
Uh, basically, OmniFocus is really, really powerful because what you can do is you can create custom perspectives based on tags, uh, based on projects, and based on availability. So the, the reason why you, um, so when you put a, um, a to-do list, a to-do item, sorry, in your inbox and when you set a date, the reason why it disappears is because you've set a deferred date to a day in the future. And basically what that tells OmniFocus is, hey, I don't want to see this until that date because your deferred date is gone. At which point the, the status of that kind of task will go from hidden to show, if that makes sense. So that's what it's trying to do. It's mm-hmm. trying to show you the relevant stuff at the relevant day. And perspectives allow you to do that, but across lots of other different, like, um, I, I guess, data dimensions or whatever the right word is. So based on tags and stuff like that. So say, for example, I used to have tags set up in OmniFocus for um, Mac, phone, uh, and iPad. And basically, I used to have custom perspectives, which would show me tasks that have those different tags. So if I had something that I needed to do, and I thought, actually, it's just sending a quick email or something like that, or maybe even quite a long email, but in theory, I could do that from my phone it would show up, um, I would have a tag that says phone, and therefore on my perspective, which is a custom view of your whole database, that would then show as available. Whereas in other perspectives, it would show as hidden because it's like, you can't do it from your particular device. Maybe it's like making an Instagram post or something. You know, I'm not gonna show it to you, if that makes sense. So perspectives are basically different ways of like viewing your database, depending on any kind of number of, um, um, yeah, basically parameters. To give you one example, I used to, in OmniFocus, I used to prioritize, not prioritize, I used to tag all of my tasks against deep work and shallow work. The idea that shallow work I could do when I was tired, deep work when, mm-hmm. when I was super focused and that kind of stuff, like, you know, the, the power hours of the day and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I used to be able to click a button and then all the shallow stuff would just be out of there. I wouldn't be able to see it. I wouldn't have to worry about it. I can just focus on what's deep. And then equally, if I click a different button, then everything is shallow. So that's where the power of OmniFocus really, really comes in. And you can you can get really, really kind of really nitty gritty about this so that OmniFocus is only showing you the stuff that you're actually able to do based on the rules that you've, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. the, the other feature there is review as well, um, where basically OmniFocus will remind you to take a look at each project. And that's why having each project kind of as a setup with all the different relevant tasks to it are really good. Because basically what I used to do, kind of you're talking about that Friday getting ready for the week type, OmniFocus would tell me, hey, it's time to review your projects. And I'd go through each project and mark each one as reviewed when I was happy with kind of the the, the kind of to-do items underlying them, if that makes sense. So those are two really yeah. cool power user features. No, I get it. But I think that's the point of it needs to be adaptable to the versatile to to fit the mental model. And I don't think that worked for me. I tried the, the free version for a month, I think. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it just thing didn't work out. I think there are two things, two reasons why me as a user didn't go through. Thing number mm-hmm. one is I wasn't sure of the if this is the right tool for me, but that that's that's insecurity, right? And that's okay. That can be overcome. Thing number. I don't think that's your fault though. Yeah, no, it's not. My, it's not my fault. But if they manage to convince me, then I might be able to purchase. But the, what stopped me actually from purchasing is a messed up business model they have. I don't know what I'm oh, buying. It's like they have, it. they have like subscription. They have the subscription for the Mac, subscription for iOS. It's just like, why? I just want to see a number and say, this is what I need to pay. And yep. that's it. Yep. We'll come, um, we'll come back to and that. And that's actually what yeah. stopped me. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. So, I'm terrible, terrible. And then also like you're talking about that complication, right? And not knowing if it's for you as a product. There's entire companies that help you 
train yourself on how to use OmniFocus, if that makes sense. So there's one company called LearnOmniFocus.com or something like this. And they, they will charge you to teach you how to use this piece of software. And for me, that shows how utilitarian the design is, how customizable the design is, and how little handholding it gives you. It just, it's just like, here it is, here I am. I'm a big complicated tool. I'm a really complicated product. And if you can't deal with me, that's your problem. Yeah. That's yeah. the that's what it says to me. Yeah. And that's what I think design, at least at least in the pricing part, marketing and design are so inter-correlated. And then you have the the guiding the user, hand-holding the user. Like all of that is also part of the user experience and the, and the product intersection. And I'm kind of a bit it just falls down. on how the, Yeah, it falls down yeah. there. Um, another, another thing I don't like about OmniFocus, and this is why I wanted to start with it, was um, they don't have due dates. They've only got deferred dates. So basically, you can say a deferred date is basically you're telling OmniFocus, I don't want to see this task until this date, which is basically here's the date that I want to do it, right? Here's the date that I want to do this this thing. But then there's no real way to, for, it, for you to tell it, hey, like this has to be done by this day. And for me, for my mental model of task management, that is really, really important. It's really, really important. Yeah. Why is um, that? Yeah. Because I, I might, I know I don't often do this, but I might want to do something that's not on the day it's due. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. uh, on, on, on the day, so basically the way I think about it is due dates. So DO, the day I want to do the task and due dates, D-U-E, the day that it's meant to be finished by. And often I'll have a task with a, it might be quite a long one, um, that might have a due date that is like five days before it's actually due to be finished, if that makes sense. So I've always struggled mm -hmm. with that part of OmniFocus and it didn't really feel, that didn't feel too good for me. Yeah. Is that a core feature that you need or is it, or is that a nice to have? It's a good question. I think to begin, because I remember I started using OmniFocus from the beginning. For me, it's a, um, it's a, it's a core feature now. I rely on it way too much in, um, in, um, in my current to-do app, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, and, and also yeah. just to kind of speak to the pricing a little bit, we'll I want to talk about positioning in a second, but I, I looked at that pricing page because I wanted to kind of say, this is how much it costs. And it's a, it's a nightmare um, to, to kind of figure it out. The best I could work out is that across all of their platforms, it's $180. Um, yeah. So if you buy the Mac app, if you buy the, the iPad app, and if you buy the phone app and the, and the iWatch app. Yeah, uh, it's Apple like Watch 100 pounds, yeah. But then when you think about it, it's just like 100 pounds for a productivity app. So it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's all positioning. Like, I feel like if you look at their like website landing page, it's all like designed for professionals. You know what I mean? It's like, it's super like benefit driven. It's super, it's like buying a piece of corporate software. They don't tell you the features and how it works and this, that, and the other. They're just like, this is just going to make you a better professional. And also they, they've been officially endorsed by David Allen, who is the, uh, the bloke that wrote that book at the beginning I was talking about. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, my, my, my love story, my love and hate story of OmniFocus is it's cool. I tried it, recommended by you. I was a bit confused, and the pricing model put me off. Yeah, and out That's of the box, it's just awful. Story. Out of the box, it's awful to use. Like it, you, it takes mm. that investment. It takes you to, you know, you have to go and learn about it. You have to go and figure out how do things work. You know, what's the philosophy behind it? How does that philosophy interact with my own mental model? And you only know that after you spend 180 quid on it uh, or 180 dollars. Yeah. Honestly. It would be awesome yeah, if you but... could have some sort of templates of people like, I want to use a Ravi's mental model and you could just share it with me and somehow my desktop becomes the, the same desktop that you have. Notion yeah. is great for that. I know, that's why I mean Notion yeah. is going to kill them on. Kill them. Notion yeah. just needs that really nice phone app, mobile app. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I don't know. 
I've only really ever used Notion in Teams, like not really on a personal level. And um, I find it difficult assigning tasks and stuff like that. I think it's quite confusing how that works and reminders and, and that kind of thing. But maybe we can cover that in a either towards the end or in a separate yeah. show. I think I think the killer of Notion is going to be a nice widget. Yeah, yeah. killer feature, not, we'll not, not killer of. Yeah, 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 the killer feature. The yeah. feature of Notion is, is like a nice widget. I don't know exactly how it is. There needs to be, we need to figure that out. That's something in my screen that I can see every time as a re- reminder. That helps me build the habit, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Checking Notion every day. Cool. So no, let's absolutely. move on. Let's move on. Let's go with Google To-Dos. All right. Right, go on, tell me. I'm I'm the novice okay. here. Okay, you're the novice. So I use, actually, to be honest, I use Google To-Dos for pretty much all my time at uni. Pretty much all my time at uni. And and Google To-Dos is just so simple. You don't have to pay. It works well. I, I had a Google Pixel um, during all the time. It works well on all the all devices pretty much, but it seemed to work really really well with Google Calendar, which is what I what I was using at the time. And what I really like. Hold on, are you talking? Are you talking about Google Tasks? Yes. Why why do we have Google to do in the notes? It's actually Google Tasks. Yeah, I was just googling. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's Google. Okay, tasks. So it's Google Tasks. Right. Okay, I understand. Yeah, I use it during my whole time at university, and it's just so simple. It's free. However, it's not very versatile. It's just a set of to-dos. You have a calendar view, and then you have a you can group it, group them by tasks or projects or whatever bucket you want to organize your life into. I've realized that us as humans, we have learned how to create buckets, and then like our life is pretty much organized in that way. You create buckets, you fill it up with things, and then you go into each bucket, and then you hang out with the things that you have put in the bucket and you organize the bucket and then you go out and then you go to another bucket and you do the same thing. You know, you know what I mean? Bloody hell, that's depressing. But that's pretty much what we have been doing. Like, pretty much a lot of the things in our life. Life is a series of buckets. Luigi D'Entroid, I prefer Forrest Gump. Life is a box of chocolates, you know? Life is a series of buckets. (laughs) Just think about it. It's like the kitchen is organized that way. Notion is organized that way. The the kitchen is not organized. <laughs> no, but that, that's your fault, right? That's your fault. <laughs> but it has the buckets. The fact that the buckets the are ca- not organized <laughs> is different. We've got like the chaos drawer, which became like five chaos drawers. There is no organization in the kitchen. No, the the only nice but bu- the only nice drawer that we have, which is a, is a, the accessories drawer. That's a drawer where the accessories drawer is, is, the, is the most chaotic of all of them. It's like yeah, that's because people really don't follow the, the people don't follow the system. <laughs> Do you know you know what it is? The it's system is not our... broken. It's the user. <laughs> it's because the, the mental model, the mental model of the users just continually redefines what is an accessory and just chucks it in that drawer because of oh yeah, this is an accessory. <laughs> anyway, that's the hard part. That's the hard part of, of living living with with these people. All right, They're so lovely. so basically, so, so Google so Google Task basically has got the, it's got the inbox feature, right? So that's where stuff by default yeah. goes, and then you can put it into different projects, and each task can have a different due date. Which is basically nice. so simple that it yeah. adapts really well to my mental model. Like, yeah, this, no, that's course, hard th- work. Really straightforward, right? But I think that's the common mental model, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Really, and like, yeah. I was going to say, and looking at it, it looks like this Google Task Killer feature is the fact that you're in your calendar like calendar.google.com in your web browser and then your tasks are on the right hand side that's number one but number two you that's can also awesome. view the tasks you can also view the tasks in your calendar you know on the top view 
each day you can see the things that you need to do oh, and you can drive so they come in around. as like all day events all day events almost yeah exactly kind of all day events and that's what i really like so i would be like okay today i need to do all of this 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 and this and it, w- it would be yeah. so visual i would see my calendar i would see my day and i would also see what i need to do each day so i could i would be able to allocate events to the tasks to the all day events right okay there is there is an app which i haven't i think i've used it but i didn't really like it for whatever reason i can't remember why um it's called sorted and the whole thing okay. is about how they how your calendar and your tasks integrate and everything is like that because there are some people um who don't have task managers they'll create calendar entries for everything they need to do if that yeah, makes sense insane, on the base yeah, yeah. what do you think about people who do that I and mean, is there is if that's their mental model that's that's fine so yeah, there's this thing called sorted. Um, it, it basically interleaves everything like that. Uh, but that's that's the point because you can walk into a day being like, you know, 10, 10 things on your to-do list that you can get done. And you're thinking, shit, I'm just in meetings all day. I just can't get that done today. Or I'm going out for drinks or whatever else it is like that. And what I have to do is cross-reference. I've got my calendar on one side, my to-dos on the other side. And I'm like saying, okay, what can fit? And this this feature allows you to kind of just consider it all in one place really, which is quite cool. I might take a look at it, but that's what I mean. It's, it's I think there's no. What I'm saying this is what Google Tasks allows allows you to do, like consider ah, it all in yeah, one place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. can see it all in one place. Yeah, yeah. But I think something that is missing is see how much time I allocate to each of the of the tasks, and that's something that I would love to see. Is just see the weekly metrics. You know, like similar how you Google just releases this weekly metrics and tells you how much time you spend in meetings, how much time you spend in focus modes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I would love to oh, see really? how that. much time I allocate to each track. Nice. You okay, can set up like weekly recurrent things or events mm-hmm. and you can say focus modes, mm-hmm. meetings, um, I don't know, working on X, Y, Z and it will tell you how much time you spend on each. But you have to set up the whole thing the way- manually so it's not really well connected yet to my tasks. Yeah. That's interesting. Because the way I used to do, the way I used to solve that problem was I used to have different timers running. So I used to start and stop timers depending on the task that I was doing. And the categories in my timing app were the same as the categories or the projects in my to-do app. But that's yeah, like what is really this Pomodoro? No, what's it called? I was using Toggle, uh, and uh, basically the Toggle default app is rubbish. So I was using this app called Timery, which basically interacts with the Toggle API. And so that yeah, way your yeah. timers are in the cloud, so they're they're all on different devices and stuff. I need to get back on that actually at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty much how why I think Google. Google Tasks is worth it. It's, it's just so simple that it adapts well to the mental model. But I, again, it's not a it's not as sophisticated as how you would, you would expect. It, you know, Talk, talking about tasks, right? When you're using Google Tasks, do you, or maybe you're different because you're a nerd. But do you think people who use Google Tasks know they're using Google Tasks, or they're just like I'm just in the calendar and my tasks I just put in, pop in here? I mean, does it matter if they're using Google Tasks? Oh, that's a good question. It's a good question. It goes back to like that Apple TV Plus thing that I keep going on about. Like, you know, they if, if a yeah. user doesn't know where their stuff is, they don't have a mental model of even how to get to the app, right? If you know what I mean. It's just like, yeah. it's just there. It's I think it's slightly different. I think, I think it's a bit minor because you're not really profiting from using the tasks. You are just integrating your tools so well as Google. Let's say, let's say you're Google. Mm-hmm. You're integrating mm-hmm. your, your product so well that it feels like just one ecosystem of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, the I user will asso- the user will associate it with Google. Um, I'm just trying to think about like yeah. you're trying to. If I'm Google, I'm trying to create lock-in for somebody not to switch their like main email address away from my Gmail. If you know what I mean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like, think I think that sucks there. when companies try to do that. 
Like if you're confident that your product is the one of solving the problem, you shouldn't put barriers for the user not to leave. That's just shit product design. Yeah, but every company does it, man. Every company oh, does shit it. Product, shit product design. Notion does There are no good products then. Notion, are you joking? Well, that's actually not true, yeah. Yeah. Obsidian doesn't. Anyway, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, that's because it's all built. It's all built on Markdown. That's why. Um, yeah, but you, you can still but, yeah, like, no, no, Markdown. Yeah, I, I know that. But Notion's a really poor example. Like, if you if I want my Notion pages as PDFs, right? I go to Notion, save yeah. as PDF. If I want to do multiple PDFs, I've got to go to each page, and to be able to do all of those things, like to be able to like just say I want my whole workspace PDF'd and saved as an enterprise feature, mm-hmm. not not oh, even really? a business feature yeah it's an enterprise feature yeah yeah because the enterprises are like we're not buying this unless we've got that feature because we don't want to be locked in and notion is like fine for you guys that's fine but for everyone else you are locked the hell in and that's why i don't like notion even though it's amazing massively going into b2b yeah interesting yeah 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 yeah. cool i didn't know that nice all right should we go into things Um, i'm actually quite quite intrigued to see what's going on here all right okay so i've done a diagnosis of your um of your mental model for to-do lists uh, okay. and and your mental model and your needs as a user, right? All right. I think could be the solution for you. Okay. All right. Tell me more. So let's start from a design perspective, okay? Because I think this is what's turning you on a little bit. Okay. I think OmniFocus's design turned you off. I think Google's task designed. I mean, does Google Tasks even have a Mac app, for example? No. You just I just open my calendar and it's in there. Oh, you can't. You've got oh, opening a web browser to go to a, to it's get fine. to it. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Sorry, just to go back a little bit. You know, on OmniFocus, you can quick add stuff. Have you ever used this feature? The the one that you can you have to set up the command, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I never did that. Okay, all right. And that's anyway. I guess you can't do that with a web app. But anyway, so things, right? So things is is made, and this is what my blog post is mainly about: is how things could better market itself. But we'll start with the product and the design. Things was created. It was one of the first apps that's available that was available on the app store so all the way back in 2007 whenever it launched right this is a this is another really old app um from a company that has been developing developing iphone apps since you know since time began pretty much and because of that this app feels like a super like apple native app it feels like apple made it in a lot of ways which is a a good thing because it feels really like unified uh it's not necessarily in, in some ways it's a bad thing as well because um it doesn't feel like you're using, it feels quite boring in, in some ways, particularly. Um, but for me, from a design point of view, Things is absolutely beautiful. Um, and um, it works really well. F- like, This is from UI, you If mean? you've got a lot of, yeah, from a UI point of view, right? If, if, you, okay. if you have a lot of stuff on, right? Just imagine you're a user and you've got a lot of work on. And I've been in this position myself with OmniFocus. And you're thinking, bloody hell, I've got so much stuff on. I'm actually kind of stressed out about it. I might even be a little bit anxious as a user as well. When I open the to-do management app, I don't want to feel like bloody hell, this is imposing, this is scary, this is a lot, you know, kind of, you know, like I think uh, I do or you might in OmniFocus. I want to feel like everything is light, everything is clean. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. That's what the UI needs to tell me. And things does that really, really well. It does that really, really, mm. it does it beautifully. And, and and what they do is they hide a lot of complexity. And so initially on kind of first run, you might feel like, oh, this is a little bit simplistic or this doesn't work quite well. But it, actually when you dig into it, you realize there is a lot of features that are there that you're just simply not using. Um, take for example, um, on a to-do note, on a to-do item, uh, there's a notes field, right? In OmniFocus, this is just plain text. You pop in plain text. It doesn't always pick up URLs as well, I think. Um, in things, the notes field is a full markdown editor. So you construct your notes course, against you your tasks. Bullet points, in, um, bullet points, highlight things, you know, 
bold, exactly. italics. Yeah, yep, exactly that, which is really, really cool. Um, and I think that's okay. really, really powerful. Uh, okay, they, okay. Have, uh, they have dates when things are supposed to be done, uh, which is really, really helpful. Uh, they've also got deadlines, which is that that due date I was talking about, which is really, really helpful as well. So you've kind of got that. You've kind of so basically, um, if something's got a date against it and also a uh, deadline against it, it will show up in your upcoming view, which is a list of all your tasks by date uh, in both of those dates. So you can see it both times, which is really helpful. Um, basically, as a user, right? Say for example, I've said you know I've gone through my projects and this and the other, and I've got twelve tasks to do today. In the today view, you can also subcategorize things to be done this evening. So it's another date almost. And what that does is it puts those things right to the bottom of your to-do list, puts a line above it that says this evening. And then basically that's really helpful for like if you're doing stuff in the workday and outside of the workday. So for me, a lot of stuff around this podcast and that kind of stuff goes into this evening slot, which is really, really helpful. Yeah. And it means that you can just be a little bit kind of more focused around that kind of stuff, which is really, really cool. And so again, just another example of kind of that extra complexity. Each task can also give you, um, you can also do a checklist. So these aren't subtasks where you've got the same data attached to it. These are just checklists. So it's just dead straightforward, you know, shopping list, that kind of stuff, or it's really, really helpful. But for me, the thing that really, really sets um, things apart is the mental model it applies to projects, to those buckets, if that makes sense. Yeah, So, Tell me more so from, from, you know how you're talking about how like people think in buckets, right? And that kind of stuff. Yeah. I completely agree with you, people think in buckets. However, buckets aren't as clear cut as one another. So let me give you an example. If I've got, if I say, for example, I need to do my expenses for work and I need to go and submit my expenses so I get that money uh, and I don't lose it. You've got two different ways of looking at it. You that, that task really should be in a project and that project should be in a, in a folder of other projects that are related to work, right? So within, in OmniFocus, what you'd have to do is you'd have to create a project called expenses and then create a task which is do expenses, just to have something that says on this date, do that. What uh, uh, things has are these things called spaces um, and spaces can either have projects in them, but they can also have tasks in them as well. So say, for example, I've got a workspace and I've got, you know, the big projects that I'm working on, the things that are really important, you know, big complex projects with like 20 actions each underneath them. But then also at the end, at the bottom of that space that so they're not actually in projects, but just ta like just categorized in that kind of overall wider bucket in that space. Um, I've got um, little things like expenses, um, you know, spe speak to so-and-so, whatever, and, and, and that kind of stuff, which means that the organizational overhead that you've got to try and do is lower. So you're more likely to actually just chuck something into a space, even if you don't have a project assigned to it or whatever, you can just put it in a space, uh, which makes stuff really, really, really easy and really straightforward. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say was the thing that made you switch from OmniFocus to Things? I got frustrated and I don't know, I've always listened to podcasts and that kind of stuff that's about this kind of stuff. And you know, you hear someone talking about this tool and that tool and you get interested and you try it pretty much. Oh no, I'll tell you what made me, no, I'll tell you the specific thing that made me switch was the was okay. when I was at uni and the deadlines because obviously uni is so deadline driven and I felt like I when when I was looking at OmniFocus I didn't have confidence that I knew when the deadlines were at, at a glance I had to go refer to a note or something like that whereas in 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 things it's like here's the deadline which is super helpful interesting yeah okay yeah so actually yeah. it was actually that feature what made you switch yeah literally that so like if I had an essay that was due in like I don't know like a 4000 word essay I would say I'd have two tasks against it. Write 1,000, uh, write the first 2,000 words, write the last 2,000 words. Both of those tasks would be assigned on different days, but they'd both had the same deadline. 
so I could see really mm-hmm. clearly this is when this thing is finished to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Something that I really like here from things is how simple they are. And you can see that they clearly put effort on, on educating the user. So they have they have pretty much three tabs in their website. What's new, support, and blog. Basically, what's new tells you what's new in, in iOS. And it, it seems to be super well integrated. The other one is support, where you can find questions and, and answers to pretty much anything from what I can see here. But the other one is a blog, which is quite interesting. And it's all things productivity, kind of like how to add things for iOS 15. And it has a whole, like the, the whole blog experience is quite, quite nice. It doesn't feel that you're reading a blog. It's kind of like a nice instruction booklet. It's quite good. It's pretty well designed, the whole experience from, from the marketing point of view. To be honest, it's actually yeah, it's I, just a productivity app. Like, you don't agree? No, I don't. Like, how hard it is to actually market this productivity app? I, th- I think they've done a great job, and this is what my blog post is about, right? I think they've done a great job of showing off the product and how simple it is and things like that. I think they've done a really bad job in outlining the benefits. And I think if you compare, like, the way OmniFocus is marketed, which is highly benefit-driven, meant for professionals, this is going to make you better at your job, you're going to become a productivity superstar. Whereas if you look at things, it's all about the product. It's all, like, it's beautifully designed. We've got these new features. Here's the different things mm-hmm. you can do with it. Not benefit-led at all. And I think it's a massive mistake things are making because basically if you're, things is like a gateway drug, like it's simple, it's straightforward, it's easy, it's cheaper as well. It's only $80 to get it across all platforms, but, but then, and, but they're still marketing themselves as like based on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the features rather than, Hey, you've been working from home for a little while. You know, you're more focused about getting more out of your day. Um, you know, elevate yourself above your peers, make yourself really kind of well-respected in your workplace, be a more effective person by things, rather than, yeah. oh, you can now add markdown notes in your thing, uh, into notes, which is kind of what this is coming from. And you said that what's new tab, right? They've been advertising themselves as all new, but this app has basically, since this redesign, it's been five years. Yeah, and they're actually due for things for, uh, according to the internet, at some point in the next year. Interesting. So if, if you buy things now, <laughs> you're going to... Is there a, like an upgrade program or something like that? You just have to trust them. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in things right now, and I think that's why I bought it when it came out because I may as well get use out of this for a few years. Um, paying eighty dollars or whatever it, whatever it cost at the time. Um, but I I, I think um I think you have to tr- rely on them to be able to do that upgrade program, which generally I think they get right, and so do OmniFocus. Of course, the main benefit of Google Tasks is that it's free. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there might be a, a an upgrade program then. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool yeah cool okay so what's the verdict then the verdict for me is i love things and i think it's the best i think it's the best product um for my personal mental mental model i like the design it's not overwhelming Uh, i think omnifocus is far too overwhelming and i think google tasks is far too unapp like i want to have an app that i can quickly refer to um and it'd be its own separate thing which is you know again just my mental model as a user right it's not necessarily the correct thing uh, I'll let you know. I'll, I'm going to try it out. Uh, right now, I'm in, I'm in switching mode. That's actually one of my to-dos this weekend. Figure out mm-hmm. how am I going to organize my, my life. And it's like it's funny because mm-hmm. it's a to-do in my, both in my Google, Google Tasks and OmniFocus. Yeah. Oh, um, you've got big so problems. Yeah. You need to sort that out. <laughs> yeah, that's why I need to sort that out. So that's my, my this yeah. afternoon. I'm going to try out things and, and see how it goes, I think. So, yeah. All right. Nice. Nice. Well, good luck with that. I really enjoyed kind of talking about product marketing, uh, marketing and design. I think really these are three sides of the same coin in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah I agree. 
I agree. They're very interrelated, and that's what we were saying at the beginning, that sometimes it's hard to separate, but at the same time, it's, it, it tells you... It, it's like the same... It's a different perspective of a product. That's basically what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, okay. Luigi, I think we've probably, we're probably at the end there. All right. So what can people do after they listen to the show? Uh, they can install things, sort out their life, become a better... Pro- I'm joking. Uh, they can go to designbyus__fm on Twitter... Uh, and they can follow uh, yourself on Twitter at Luigi underscore D'Introno, and they can follow myself on Twitter at Ravi is Occupied. Nice. And also remember to follow this podcast in whatever podcast player you are listening this to, in, to, on, whatever preposition goes <laughs> in there. And then mm-hmm. if you would like to support us even a little bit more, you can share this with your friends, share this with someone that might like the, the episode or the podcast or, hey, I think you will fit with these people. And last thing would be support us on Patreon. And see you next time. <laughs>